Welcome to the Intentional Woman Podcast, where faith meets consistency. I'm your host, Nicole Hubb, just an everyday woman seeking to know and see God in every season of my life. And I want to take you on this journey with me. The intentional woman is one who loves God, loves herself, and serves in purpose. Thanks for tuning in. I pray you leave our time together affirmed in God's love and full of faith to live intentionally. Let's get into it. Hey fam, welcome back to another episode of the Intentional Woman Podcast. I am Nicole Hub, your host, and I'm so glad to have you back here with me another week. It feels like it's been so long, but it's only been a week. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Well, I hope really, really well. I hope I'm doing good. This is the first week of, you know, homeschooling and all of that. And I'm just trying to get my life, trying to get on schedule, find a schedule, find some good resources that make sense. So, but we are going to push through. We're going to have a good week regardless. And if we have to start fresh next week, it's all good because we're going to give ourselves grace. So much love and good vibes and prayers for all the mamas and the parents out there who are navigating this new normal. God got us. Give yourself some grace. Love on your baby. And I know it'll be an awesome experience that they'll look back on and be grateful for. All right. So today I'm excited to talk about a topic that I feel like is relevant, certainly now in the times that we are experiencing as it relates to national unrest and just like unsettling in our spirits around the lives of black people and how they're valued and how they're you know, undervalued, how they're treated, how they're perceived and how, you know, the world views African Americans and our in our contribution to society and what it is that we bring and what it is that we hold space for and what it is that we hold true is our values and added into that our perspective as believers as Christians as people of faith followers of Jesus Christ and what it looks like for us to show up in these spaces and show up in these conversations with a kingdom mindset with a kingdom view with a kingdom lens and perspective and making sure that what it is that we believe and what we hold tight actually is you know what the bible tells us to do and what jesus himself you know spoke about in the time that he was walking here on this earth and what he left for us to continue on with and i just want to start with this premise that you know god sent his son jesus to die for us all his his desire that all of us will be saved though we know that that you know, will not happen. There will be some people, unfortunately, who will pass and, you know, and not come into the full knowledge of God or not receive the gift of salvation. But we have the, um, the call and we have been given the charge, you know, to shine our lights, literally to shine our lights as Matthew tells us in the book of Matthew chapter five, 14 through 16, I think are the verses. And it just tells us to shine your light. Like who has a light and then, then hides it under a bushel. And it says that you are the light of the world a city set on a hill that cannot be hid so when we are believers and we you know walk strongly in our faith and understand where our faith looks up to and where our faith comes from like our faith can't be hidden even in issues of social justice and and racial divide racial tension equal equal rights and opportunities for women and children and people of different race and nationalities immigrants like our our faith has the ability to speak to all of these issues. And if we, you know, sometimes as believers, I've heard, you know, both arguments and I've been, you know, I've been, I could say, um, what's the word I can use? Reserved 
you know, in my opinions, because I felt like at certain times in my life, like, you know, as a Christian, like you just, you know, go with what seems like the most right thing to do or like, you know, uh, you don't want to make a fuss. You want to be, you know, low, lowly and meek and humble. Like you don't want to shake up nothing. You don't want to make no noise, but you know, that's not what Jesus calls us to be. Like, that's not even what who Jesus was when he walked this earth. Like, he was, like, turning things upside down, literally. Like, the Pharisees and the Sadducees was always trying to get at Jesus because he was doing the opposite of this laws that they were teaching because he was coming to tell them, like, I have fulfilled the law. Like, by me being here right now in your presence, like, the law is done. Like, I'm not going to keep on going over that when I am here. I am the newness. Like, I am us going forward. Like, I'm trying to teach you the way so you can get to my father. And and that's what we have to adopt that mindset of if we want to see Jesus, if we want to be caught up and if we want to be able to hear him say, well done, then we are going to have to go against the norm at certain times. There are going to be times we're going to make people uncomfortable with our opinions based in our faith. But that's okay because there is a call for justice in this world. And it's a call for justice in in our faith to allow people to know that whoever wants to come can come. And whoever wants to receive can receive. It's up to them to decide. So with that, we can, you know, help other people to realize that everybody is not the same. You know what I'm saying? There are people who might look like a certain way that you may perceive them to be, but that doesn't mean that you judge a person by the way that they look or by what you saw or what, what you've only seen or what you perceived on television or whatever the case through the media. So like that's our that is our responsibility as Christians to be able to convict people and to tell them um you know with our conversation and just about the gospel and what who Jesus is and what he came to do. You know what I'm saying that everyone deserves a chance. Everyone has a right to have the has to have equality and have things afforded to them just because they are human and just because they are children of God. Like they are God's creation. We are all God's creation. So for me, I could like story time. Um, <laughs> for me, I could definitely say that my interest in you know social justice came during the time in college, unbeknownst to me. Like I wouldn't even have called it that at the time, but I was doing an internship. Uh, in Bethesda, it's like the, the medical school for the military. It's like where every, all the all the doctors who are in the military, this is where they go for medical school. And I remember watching this documentary called Natural Causes. And it literally was talking about social economic, like, dispar- like health disparities based on social economic status and race and things like that. You know, talking about how, you know, even women who have upper degrees like they are still at risk of giving birth preterm or having higher birth um, mortality rates than women of other nationalities i.e white and i was just sitting there and thinking like man you can't even like educate your way out of the underlining stressors and the underlying disparities that just come with being born black in america you know what I'm saying? And I definitely didn't consider myself and still really don't. I mean, that at the time didn't consider myself like, you know, power to the people, like black power, like black Panther stuff. Like I learned about that stuff, but um, vaguely. And then, you know, I definitely took some more courses. Like once I just kind of got, you know, intrigued by it. But it was just this thing like, how can I 
turn the dial on that like how can I make a difference and this is before you know I had children anything and thinking about myself like I know I wanted to get another degree I was working on one degree wanted to get another degree and just thinking like dang like but that puts me I still would be at risk of you know having a high risk pregnancy or developing gestational diabetes or preeclampsia or you know giving birth preterm or having to get an emergency c-section like all of those things were you know were my problem were on my path to happen probability based just because I was a black female um you know in America and I remember being in um after finishing that and really deciding that I wanted to do public health as a career uh, before I wanted to be a doctor and then I was like listen I'm not going to school that long then I was like okay maybe I can do like physical therapy or OT because it's still a doctor but you don't got to go to school that long like that was my reason y'all I'm lazy listen in that regard I was like I just can't be in school that long uh and then I did this internship and I heard about something called public health specifically the public health service which is like a, a branch of the military and I was like wow okay I could either be a doctor and work one-on-one with people with one person a day or you know one client you know every hour or so or I can do public health and I really can work to influence a whole community of people and I'm like yes sign me up like let's save the world <laughs> like so that was like my mentality around that um and that is a form actually in public health is a form of social justice because you are really looking at a specific group of people and looking at how the environment how the environment, the built environment, like the, the, their zip code, how, where they, if they have a number, how many grocery stores they have in the square, square per mile of their neighbor, of the, in their, within their zip code, like how, how many schools do they have? Like, are there liquor stores in the, in the area? Are there check clashing places in this? Like, these are all the things, libraries, how many schools per, per kids, like all of these things play a factor in a person's health. And it's, I, I don't know if you all know this, but the number one indicator of health is someone's zip code. So I, you can look at someone's zip code and be able to probably predict like what health concerns or what health issues they will have in the future, but that's based on where they live. And why is that? It's because the environment, the built environment in which they live dictates that. So I just really was was drawn to that idea. So of course I went on and I went on to get my master's, but I focused specifically on physical activity and you know trying to figure out how we can get African-American women specifically moving and helping to reduce some of these preventable diseases. And then that that work led me to volunteering and then eventually become an employee of one of the largest uh, health nonprofit that serves black women and girls in America, America today, Girl Track. So that, you know, from that work, and I learned so much from the co-founders and my colleagues just about, you know, the disparities of women's health and like even child, even down to childhood um, and maternal health and just all the things that women, specifically black women, have endured over the centuries and over the years in America and the position that we are still in where we are susceptible to preventable diseases more than women of other races. And sometimes we think of slavery, the Holocaust, women's rights, the civil rights movements, immigrant rights, sex trafficking as lofty things that are above our influence or scope of knowledge to speak on or even have an opinion about. I get it. I would have never pictured myself marching in any type of march, let alone have a strong opinion about the rights of women, especially black women. But I have and I want to share with you how my faith has fueled my desire of justice for black women and their families. And I want to just start with 
uh, a scripture that speaks to whatever area of social justice you may find yourself in, or you may feel God pulling and tugging your heart towards to set some groundwork for um, our faith fueling social justice efforts in our in our sphere of influence in our communities, um, in our country, in our nation. And the first one is Isaiah one six seventeen, and it says, "Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and please the widow's cause." And then in Micah 6, 8, it says, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So even in the scripture, it's telling us that we have to seek justice, meaning, you know, as intentional women, we learn that we have to do our part. We have to do the work. The things are just not going to come and fall into our laps 99% of the time. We have to be intentional about going out and doing the work in order to produce the harvest that we desire in our lives. So this is the same thing with social justice. We have to seek out justice. We have to seek out the things that are that are incorrect and make a, make a resolve in our hearts and our minds to do something about it um, in, in regards to our standard in faith and who it is that we believe in and serving God. And it says to correct, correct oppression. So when we see something wrong, we say something, you know, if you live in DC, like the trains for a uh, Metro, like if you, if you see a suspicious practice, say something, if you see something, say something. Um, and it says then to bring ju- justice to the fatherless and to please the widow's cause, meaning for those who don't have a voice or those who um, are not in a position to speak up for themselves or to do for themselves. And you have the ability or the power to do so, you know, that's your responsibility as as a, as a believer and as a Christian. And if we want to bring it um, to the New Testament, and this is like one of my favorite scriptures, especially as I have been, you know, learning the word and really just studying the word and understanding, you know, what salvation is and what the call that Christ has given us. And this is in the book of James and the book of James is a great book of the Bible to just learn how to live godly. And how Christians should live. Like it's great instruction in the book of James. So I definitely, you know, if you're looking for something to read, the book of James is a great, uh, is a great book of the Bible to study through. And this is James 1 27. And it says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So right here is such a practical example of social justice of like serving justice and serving in a capacity that will that will influence a community if you know of someone who is fatherless if you know of a single mother who is raising her children if you know of a widow woman or a widower father who is raising his children or if you know of a child who does not have a parent in the home as being raised by a grandmother or aunt like this is how we show the love of Christ like this is our impact into the world and not in this last part where it says and don't let the world corrupt you making making you think that well everyone has a, a fair playing field or I had to go through this or it could be worse and having those mind, those mindsets or having those things run through their mind. Listen, we've all had them. I've had them, but God is calling us and beckoning us to look beyond ourselves. And I love this scripture so much because it starts with this, this idea. And it says pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the father means caring for orphans and widows. So this is saying he's telling you pure religion 
If your religion is not outside of yourself, if it's just about you and what you're going to get and what you're going to attain, what level you're going to get to, how much you're going to acquire, you getting this and you having that, you buying that and you acquiring this, then guess what? That is not true religion. That is not Christianity. Because the Bible tells us in my favorite scripture, Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all those other things will be added. So this is the kingdom work. And when I think about justice, just to give a definition that will kind of, you know, give us context for this conversation, even though we're 15 minutes in, but justice is in my mind, it's like, it's laying, it's leveling the playing field. It's, you know, lady, lady justice, if you go to the courthouse or if you see it on the shows, like it's, it's balanced, it's balanced. So if I have much and you have little, I can give you some of my much to bring you up. And that's what God is asking us to do. And it's not, doesn't always regards in money, but it's even in status in our position. Like if I am a hiring manager and I know that uh, there's a young girl on my block who needs a job and you know, she is, is she's struggling or her family is having hardship. That is, that's, that is a authority that I have in order to give her justice, to give her uh, the level of playing field and give her opportunity. So whatever it is, like there is so many things that we can stand on. There are so many opportunities for us to shine our light and for us to use our influence, for us to use our voice and our passions and our heart's desires to level the playing field for someone else. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I know that there's probably something that the Lord has put on your heart that is outside of you. So I would just encourage you to lean into that and ask the Lord for more direction and more guidance on what it is that he will have you to do. Now, will all of us be, you know, social social activists on TV and going to all the different cities and, and hosting marches and hosting rallies and doing things like that? No, no, we all won't. But we all have a role to play within our within our own homes, within our own, within our own sphere of influence to make something happen. If you're passionate about sex trafficking victims, like there are communities and there are organizations that you can become a part of that work towards that cause. If you are interested in helping young mothers who are having children and don't have family support, there are there are uh, organizations locally and nationally that support women, support mothers like that. So that things like that, giving your giving of your time, your treasure, your talent, if you can write resumes, like that's awesome. Like that helps. So seek the Lord on, on what it is that you can do. And I want to leave you all with this final scripture that I think just sums it all up for us. And this is Jesus talking to us in the New Testament about his commandments. It's Matthew chapter 22, starting at verse 36. And it says, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based upon these two commandments. That's Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. So clearly we hear Jesus telling us, first, love me with everything that you have, all that you are, love me. And then second, which is equally as important, he says, is to love your neighbor as yourself. So that is the command that we have to look outside of ourselves and seek out justice for those who may not have a voice, who those who don't even know that they're oppressed, for those who don't even know that they don't have the the same rights or that they're not being they're, they're not being afforded the same opportunities. It's our job when we see it to correct it, as Isaiah says. When you see oppression, correct it. So 
I even want to just, when we think about even the civil rights movement and Dr. King, and we think about uh, the Black, the Black Panther Party movement, when Dr. King and when the Black Panthers actually started to do the work that was actually changing their communities, where they learned that, you know what, it wasn't just about the color of our skin, but it was actually about our economic status and about if we were able to, to create wealth in our own community or be able to sustain our own communities without, without uh, assistance. And when that became the thing, when Dr. King, if you ever read like his letters from the Birmingham jail, like that's when he began to realize that, you know what, it's more than this, than, than color. It's more than race. It's about sustainability. It's about generational wealth. It's about providing opportunities for black families and black America to obtain to the same, to the same standards and to the same opportunities that are afforded to, to other Americans. And the same for the Black Panther Party. When they started the food program, that's when they became the biggest threat because they were working together in community in order to provide for their own community and take care of the children and the families in Oakland and in the other cities across the nation. So it's our responsibility to look and see how we can support and how we can build within not taken away from it, not dehumanizing anyone else because they don't believe or they don't do the things that we do, but with a heart of servitude, with the purpose of giving all glory and honor to God. So that's all I have for today. I just wanted to share that. And I hope that it encourages someone to dig a little bit deeper and to even just step out on that thing that you feel God is calling you to. Just think like what I said, justice is it's leveling that playing field. If you have the opportunity to give somebody a hand up, do that. Use your power, use your influence, use your voice, use um, your career or your position to help another person up. So I know that's what the Lord wants us to do from the scripture in Matthew, that we have to love our neighbors as ourselves. So we have to treat people the way that we would want to be treated if we were in that situation. If God forbid we did something that, you know, caused, caused shame upon our name or of our family, we would want another opportunity. We would want another chance to do right and to do better. So with all wisdom and all grace, you know, lean into the father and ask him what it is that you shall do, how you can allow your faith to influence social justice in your own sphere of influence and then within your own interests and your own desires and passions. All right, let's pray y'all. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this time today. God, for just uh, giving us new knowledge of things that we might not even have thought about before, the things that we might not even thought even applied to us or that we could uh, work through or we could be a part of. So God, we thank you for the grace of today. And God, I pray that you would just open up the hearts and the minds of your daughters, God, to, to lean into you and to see where it is that you want them to focus in on and give them the desires, Lord Father God, to look outside of themselves as you tell us to do uh, in the book of James when you give Give us the definition of true religion, taking care of the fatherless and the orphans and the widows, Lord God. So give us that desire, God. Your word says in Philippians, God, that you will give us the will and the desire to do the things that please you. So God, stir up the gifts inside of us. Stir up, God, the, the voices and the opportunities and the status that we will have in order to give, seek, to give and seek out justice, Lord Father God, and to level that playing field for someone else. Just as I know that someone had did for me in the past and that someone may 
may even do for me in the future. And maybe that someone who is listening, they have experienced someone get providing them justice on their behalf. So God, we thank you that our faith is not void, void of social justice. Our faith is not void of, of, of helping those that we don't know or those who seem less fortunate than we are or those who have different hardships and different problems that we incur. God, we thank you for your grace and we thank you for your love. And I pray through your true righteousness, God, that we will be able to be more like you, God, and fulfill and live out your commandment, God, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Father, we love you and we give you glory and honor. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and ask all of these things. Amen, amen, amen. Love y'all. Be encouraged. Talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Intentional Woman Podcast. I hope you enjoyed sharing space with me today. If you are inspired, empowered, or uplifted, please take a few moments to subscribe, rate, review, or even share this podcast with another woman. Also, we know intentional women pray. So if I could pray for you in any way, shoot me a DM at Nicole D Hub on IG or submit a prayer request at theintentionalwomanco.com. And until next time, remember, if we look for God's hand in everything, we'll find his hand in everything. Love y'all. Be encouraged. <laughs>